0: Welcome to the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast, a show where we discuss what's wrong with healthcare and talk with innovative companies disrupting the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we explore strategies to help employers lower healthcare costs and build a better health plan. Now, here's your host, Michael Maneri. Hello, this is Michael Maneri, and I want to welcome everyone to the Reconstructing Healthcare Podcast. Today, our guest is Sachin Jaim from Carem Health. Such, welcome. How are you today? Good, Michael. Great to speak with you. So excited to have you on the show. Here's the game plan for our podcast here. What we're trying to do here is educate our audience on non-traditional methods to lower their healthcare costs and improve value for their employees. And so our interest is really in helping employers, CFOs, HR directors, and benefit managers who are tired of the status quo and looking for better results for both their organizations as well as their employees. Makes sense? Sounds like a plan. Okay. So I normally read a, a brief bio about you and Karim. So the audience has some context uh, about who they're listening to, but I don't have one for you. So we're just going to ham and egg it here. And I'm just going to start with asking you about your your background. Let's introduce you know who Satch is to the audience and talk a little bit about how you got into the healthcare business. Sounds great. So
1: Michael, first of all, thanks for inviting me to the podcast. Very happy to be here. So my background is a combination of entrepreneurship and management consulting. Started my career as an entrepreneur and started a company in the in the artificial intelligence space uh, in video editing back in 2000. So we were only 15, 16 years ahead of our time. And after that, I spent some time in management consulting, working with firms that were focusing on financial services sector and technology. And then my entry in healthcare was almost by an accident. So back in 2009, I was uh, planning to move back to Chicago and was looking for the opportunities over there. And a good friend of mine was part of this company called Accreditive Health, which was focusing on revenue cycle management space for hospitals. So they had an opportunity where they were looking for someone from outside the healthcare to come over there and help them diversify their business beyond the revenue cycle space. I had absolutely no background in healthcare at that point. So I mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, that would be great for me to learn about a new sector from ground up. So I joined and spent some time uh, over there. And that's where, you know, I really learned my ropes in healthcare. And I just realized that how inefficient this whole space is. I mean, the very reason a revenue cycle management company in healthcare exists is because of the Inefficiencies
0: in the payments. Before you go on, just explain explain to our listeners what revenue cycle management is, and and like you said, why is there a need for it?
1: So revenue cycle management for hospitals, companies that operate in this space are basically the hired guns of the hospitals to maximize their reimbursement against health plans. Got it. So in healthcare is an interesting dynamic where. You know, providers or the hospitals think that they uh, should be paid more. The demand side, which are health plans here, uh, think that they should be paid less. And then, obviously, hospitals also have to chase patients to collect the patient portion. Mm-hmm. So these revenue cycle management companies help maximize the reimbursement or the payments for the hospitals. You know, if there was a complete clarity in payments, what a hospital should be paid by the health plan, by the by the patient, then you won't need a revenue cycle management company, but because there is you know, quite a bit of gray area uh, in how we transact payments in U.S., in healthcare, that both health plans and health systems have to brace up to negotiate with each other, haggle with each other, and that just leads to tremendous inefficiency. And you can imagine a hospital will hire a revenue cycle management company. A health plan will staff up to you know, push back on the hospitals on reimbursement. But who is helping a patient? Right. Uh, no one. Patients are on their own, and you know they are sitting with bills that hospitals are asking them to pay, and health plan is not willing to pay, and this leads to medical bankruptcies and and all sorts of ugliness.
0: It's a whole layer of administration really provides no value to the consumer of healthcare. The patient only serves to, you know, maximize profit and help maybe one party or another game the. The complex billing system that exists. Is that kind of what I'm hearing?
1: That is exactly right. And this world where we live in today in the payments is called fee for service. There's this whole layers of intermediaries that exist between people who pay for healthcare and people who deliver healthcare. And this whole layer is just responsible for, you know, tremendous uh, level of inefficiency as well as bad experience on the consumer side. So there are some estimates where almost 30 cents of every dollar that we spend on healthcare is used to pay this middle you know, admin layer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which does not bring any clinical value or any experience value into the
0: equation. Makes sense. Makes sense.
1: So just to complete my introduction, so I just felt that how patients are treated in this whole value chain is very, very wrong. I decided to do something about it. One thing led to another and I uh, got involved in uh, some of the payment reform initiatives that were happening back in uh, 2011, 2012 timeframe. Learned about the concept of bundle payments and felt that you know, that could be used to bring efficiency to the payments in healthcare and started working on that idea and that became Karam.
0: Before we jump into Karam Health and, and kind of explore what a bundled payment is, I want to take a step back and, and, you know, ask you a general, you know, question about why costs continue to rise. I'm preparing for a presentation that I'm going to give on Friday to a group of people. And uh, I was, uh, you know, looking up uh, some data on the Kaiser Family Foundation the other day. I was looking at their 2016 Employer Health Benefits Survey. What I saw is in 1999, the average annual family premium expense was about uh, $1,500, and in 2016 it's 5277 <laughs> and that's an average because i cuz i cuz i can tell you i yeah. pay more than that but if you just look at those numbers in the kaiser study that's a 342% increase over 17 years that's looking at family premium expense so what the payroll deduction is for that family to to just have their insurance coverage when you think about that what other than the payment system, you know, do you do you think is wrong with healthcare, and and why do you think costs continue to increase like this?
1: Sure, and you know, the uh, we we all know the acuteness of this problem uh, in our economy today, where uh, the healthcare costs are going up by you know almost three times of the GDP growth rate, and you know, once you uh, have that sort of over, you know, a couple of decades, you are sitting, you sit with numbers like, you know, you just mentioned, Michael. The, the reason this high increase in healthcare cost, you know, I wish uh, there was, you know, one single reason. Uh, it's, a, it's a combination of reasons. You know, payments uh, is obviously one where spend almost a trillion dollar out of our $3 trillion healthcare economy. On managing payments and administration, uh, which, you know, as we uh, just discussed, is something that adds any value to the system uh, in terms of clinical, in terms of experience, in terms of efficiency. But the another big reason, continuous increase in, in the in the healthcare cost, supply and demand are decoupled from each other in our healthcare system.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: in most other industries, supply and demand directly interact with each other, and that leads you know uh you know both sides innovating you know, uh and trying different ways to become more and more competitive in the market uh so an example is you know if you are trying to buy a car uh in the market you know you the different prices of of different car manufacturers are optimized for dozens and dozens of variables to come up with a price that will make them competitive in the market and that the consumer will be willing to pay. And on the back end, the car manufacturers will do everything to cut their costs down and uh, maximize their their profit. Unfortunately, in healthcare, the way we pay for uh, our healthcare does not lead to the same dynamics on the supply side to make sure that they are very cost efficient um, and they are, uh, and their prices are competitive in the market. So, for example, if you are in the market to get a joint replacement surgery, uh, there is no pricing available that you can uh, use to compare different providers
0: mm-hmm.
1: and make a choice. Uh, the price is, you know, really very opaque uh, in our healthcare system, and providers have very little incentive on their side to cut down the cost. Because uh, the way we pay for healthcare is, you know, like, for example, for a joint replacement surgery, you will, the providers will be billing you for, you know, facility fee for the physician fees for, you know, uh, every uh, damn thing that is involved, you know, including the the cordon and the scissors and, and, and whatnot, because they are not competing really against anyone, they have no pressure to optimize those costs on their side. So as a result, you know, if you're going to a hospital for your joint replacement surgery, the hospital has no incentive, cut the cost down on their side and make the price competitive in the market. And even the worst part is that if after the surgery some complication or you know you have to be readmitted to the hospital, hospital actually ends up making more money, uh, <laughs> right? Because that's just how we pay for healthcare in US. All these factors just lead to, you know, hospitals and providers continuing to be uh, very inefficient. And as they, uh, as the cost increases on their side, they continue to pass it to the consumers and the employers who are paying for it. And uh, and there is nothing uh, over there to check uh, this uh, continuous increase in the cost in the system.
0: Great description. I agree with a lot of those things. You know, it's you know really boil it down to, the healthcare marketplace doesn't it, doesn't. It? interact or operate like any other uh, marketplace for service and goods in the country. It's it's the lack of price transparency, it's the lack of uh quality, it's the lack of um incentives um to to drive people to best value services. And so I think that's a good sort of step forward into CARM Health. Uh, your company was launched in uh, 2014 and uh you know fairly new company. And so I think you've you've kind of covered you know what what motivated you to start it. Give us a brief description about you know who is Karum Health and you know um, what's the product and service and, and problem that you're you're attempting to solve. Sure, uh, and you know I will start with the problem
1: first, which we actually have covered uh, in our previous discussion. So mm-hmm. Karum Health is two systemic issues that exist in our, in our healthcare payments today. We are trying to streamline this whole. Middle admin layer that exists between the supply and demand side today, and trying to replace this the antiquated fee-for-service system to a very, very uh, simple uh, bundle payment system where uh, providers for a hip replacement surgery as a whole bundle as opposed to you know piece by piece. So that reduces the admin efficiency that exists uh, in the payments uh, on one side and the second thing that we are doing is uh, we are trying to bring supply and demand closer so that they can directly interact with each other so between the demand side on our platform which are self insured employers and the supply side which are providers you know there's only you know care on that is sitting and we have replaced you know half dozen or so intermediaries that otherwise sit between them uh, by bringing them together and closer on the same platform, uh, it just leads to, you know, a a dynamic where uh, you know the supply side is actually now competing for the business on the demand side, and hence the focus moves towards you know creating products that are high quality and uh, and uh, competitively, and that just puts in the long term an you know upward pressure on the quality and the downward pressure on the cost what this leads to is that we are basically becoming a marketplace for surgical procedures uh, the demand side of this marketplace employers and their employees and the supply side are handpicked top providers in a specific region that are specifically selected uh, to participate on the platform and uh, offer these bundled procedures
0: to uh, directly to the employers so basically you've created a marketplace which really sits outside of of a traditional, you know, HMO or PPO network. You're allowing providers to compete directly for employers' business. That is exactly right. I guess one of the things that I would, I would ask is, you know, conventional wisdom says that employers are getting the best deal from the insurance carrier network discount. And so are, are you telling me that, that that's not necessarily the case?
1: that is absolutely true because you know the the bundled procedures that we offer on our platform typically are uh, 40 to 50% cheaper the prices that the employers are getting uh through the traditional health plan savings of 40 to 50% uh is coming from a couple of different sources um uh, it is coming you know first of all uh, reducing that a whole admin layer uh, that exists between employers and providers today. So mm-hmm. 30 cents of a dollar are uh, basically uh, streamlined using bundle payments. Second, it is coming from, you know, a provider's desire to directly work with employers. And if the work- employers directly work with the provider, it leads to much higher steerage towards the participating providers. Providers are willing to give you know at least some level of dis- in anticipation of you know higher volume uh, the third one is that uh, because the concept that we are using on our platform is bundle payments where providers have to warranty you know uh, give us a warranty that if after the surgery uh, within certain number of days if any readmission or complication happens uh, providers will cover that for free of charge so that immediately aligns provider incentive with quality and make sure they minimize unnecessary readmissions or complications. So that leads to further reduction in the cost. When you combine all those factors, it becomes very apparent that the prices on our platform are 40 to 50% lower than what
0: employers are paying through the traditional health plan. So significantly lower cost and it sounds like, you know, some risk protection as well from you know uh, potential the cost of potential readmissions, correct?
1: That is exactly right. So, from the employer point of view, it it becomes a very compelling value proposition. Where you know not only they are paying uh, less by participating in Carem, but uh, they're also uh, sending their employees to hospitals that are not only handpicked for the better quality, mm-hmm. but also these providers are financially motivated to make sure there are no complications or readmissions after the surgery. So it just leads to, you know, that additional improvement in the quality and improvement in, uh, you know, the better return to the work for the employees. So it's a, uh, it it becomes very compelling from the employer point of view and um, it becomes
0: a uh, very easy sell from our side. I guess, you know, is it desirable from the provider's standpoint? The process is just simpler because previously, they would have billed, just like you said in a, in a fee for service environment for every little you know the uh, the gauze and uh, you know the uh, you know the <laughs> the bandages you know up to the anesthesia and the surgeon you know so now that now it's just it's uh, it's one dollar amount one payment
1: yeah it's uh, uh, several ways uh, why providers find this m- much more attractive uh, one is obviously uh, what you just mentioned that. Instead of providers billing, uh, you know, half dozen different bills, they basically uh, have one bill uh, that they get paid for. And uh, so that is one. And the the other big part of uh, payment efficiency here is normally in the traditional health plans, uh, providers will have a health plan portion and a patient portion. And it takes easily a couple of weeks. You know, they have haggled with the health plan or uh, chased the patient and before the money is actually in the bank. In our model, uh, because the price is prospectively defined, so right after the surgery, uh, provider gets full payment for the entire episode of care, including the patient portion with no questions asked. CFOs uh, on the health system side really love it. I mean, just, from the account receivable point of view it's a dramatic improvement and uh, that also is the reason why they are willing to give us uh, a lower because of all these inefficiencies that they start realizing through karam
0: sure i mean you know i think you're being kind when you say you know a couple of weeks i mean typically in in the claims lag that we see between the time a claim is incurred and when it's paid i mean it's on average two and a half months <laughs> but but we actually right. i just recently yeah. saw a large claim uh through um through blue shield and one of our self-insured clients and it was a year later 12 months and so obviously yeah, I mean this is just, yeah I was about to say obviously there were a lot of things that, that happened to drive that but um I mean I, I don't think people realize that that uh, there is such a time difference between you know when a service happens and when it's actually paid.
1: And and the time is value. Uh you know smart CFOs on the provider side know that very well. So if you uh go to some progressive uh, hospitals or or uh, or clinics they are willing to give you typically up to 20% discount going to make the payment on the spot because you know the money collected at that point is far more valuable you know when the patient has left the four walls uh, of the hospital and now you have to chase them uh, collect uh, their side of the payment and that is the patient portion collection. And here in the care model, we are talking about both the patient portion as well as the main portion of the bill, which is the health plan or the employer portion. And if the whole portion is going to be paid to you right after uh, the discharge, that is uh, very, very
0: attractive for the providers. We've talked about the savings component here, which I think is appealing for for any employer. But when you're contracting, with these providers, are there any quality filters uh, to determine, you know, who, you know, which provider, which facility is going to be part of your marketplace? And if so, how are you measuring that quality?
1: you brought up a very good point, Michael. The whole idea behind Keram Health is to employers and their employees to high quality facilities that specialize in that specific type of surgery, so that, you know, now, an employee, instead of walking into a hospital that is doing, you know, five, six such surgeries in a year, they actually go to the facility that's, that, you know, specialize in that type of surgery and, uh, and excel in the quality outcomes. We start having any discussion with the provider, we actually spend a significant amount of time uh, looking at the quality outcome data for that specific facility, and uh, only if that data meets our quality standards. Then we start the discussion with them, and once we realize that the provider is interested, and after that we actually go a level deeper, we ask them the self-reported data both at the facility and the surgeon level. After that we we again decide whether you know the quality data is still meeting our standards, and out of the surgeons that are that are working at that facility, which of them actually uh, we are willing to bring on the platform because they excel in the quality outcomes. I mean, the summary is that after all that evaluation, every facility and every surgeon is going to touch CAREM patient. They will have to meet our quality standards. And uh, and just to make sure that uh, the employees that are going to be using CAREM, uh, they can be assured, you know, every facility and every surgeon has been uh, pre vetted for the quality. Uh, in the long term, uh, we see CAREM you know, succeeding not because we are delivering cost savings to the employers, but we will succeed because uh, our outcomes on the platform are going to be better uh, than uh, anything else that employers or their employees can find.
0: Let's talk about uh, geography. Where are you guys currently doing business? Where do you, you currently have you know, access to these types of, of qualified facilities or, or centers of excellence? you know, within your marketplace that employers can access?
1: Sure. So we started in Southern California, where we uh, acquired our initial center of excellence uh, hospital, which was Scripps. But since then, we have basically covered most of the California now, and we are working with employers that have employee population very spread out across California. So we cover California today, and then we are also available in Pacific Northwest and specifically in the Seattle market. So that. Basically gives us coverage up and down the whole west coast, and that is where we are today, very selective about which markets we pick and which markets uh, we go to next mm-hmm. uh, so we are in the process of evaluating um, you know outside these you know outside the west coast uh, where are we going to go and uh, and there are multiple factors that help us decide that
0: so let's let's transition a little bit and you know talk about the employee experience, mostly been talking about it, how how the program works and and what the benefit is to the employer. But from an employee's perspective, you know, what's in it for them and how do they engage with CAREM?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever we are doing at CAREM, it is geared towards the patient experience. Uh, I mean, the reality is, you know, if I take a step back, you know, any time a you know, someone uh, in the U.S. who gets a diagnosis to get a surgery, immediately uh, it leads to, you know, all the stress uh, that comes with, you know, first of all, with that clinical condition that you're going through. But then you realize that you have to deal with our dysfunctional healthcare system Mm -hmm. where uh, you have very very limited idea that, uh, you know, which facility or which surgeons you are going to go, uh, what, quality outcomes matter, and where do I find the data uh, to understand, you know, how different providers or surgeons stack up against each other. And then it does not matter what kind of insurance you have. Uh, you're always worried about all different bills will be coming your way. Uh, and, you know, you thought you had a great insurance, but you're sitting with an anesthesiologist bill that happened to be out of network and on which you had no control on. There is a significant, you know, process of stress. There is significant financial stress. And on top of, you know, you have to deal with the clinical condition uh, uh, that we're dealing with. When we started CAREM, the idea was to take all of these uh, stresses out from a, from a patient point of view and let CAREM take care of all of that and let the patient focus on the healing. Uh, when an employer uh, starts using Kerem Health and um, and we start serving their employees. So anytime an employee require any of these surgeries, uh, what promise to them is first, uh, they will not have to worry about quality because Kerem has done all the legwork uh, on the quality side, both at the facility level and surgeon level. And only the the top quality providers and surgeons are, are able to participate on the platform. So you don't have to worry about quality. And you don't have to worry about any uh, financial uncertainty because the way we work with employers is uh, that uh, typically, if an employee is using Kerem, they will never receive any medical bill uh, for that whole bundle that karam is providing. Uh, let alone any surprise bills, you will not see any bill. Uh, you will actually receive a thank you note from Kerem once the episode is over.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I'm laughing. So no bill. So I mean it's it's zero dollar out of pocket cost. And and instead of, of getting an EOB, which has gotta be the most confusing <laughs> document ever, instead of getting any um EOB or any bill from the hospital, they get a thank you letter.
1: That is exactly right. Uh we send a thank you letter with a gift basket just to <laughs> make sure that the patient is, you know, uh Really knows that there is someone out there who cares for them, who is not looking at them as uh, you know as a unit to drive their profit or uh, or margins, uh, but you know is, is looking for them uh, to make sure that they have the best experience and they focus on the healing as
0: opposed to all these other stresses. I just have Go to ahead. say that is it, it is so simple but almost revolutionary in concept because nobody, nobody in this healthcare, the current industry, the current system that we have, nobody cares about the patient experience. It's awful. So it's it's encouraging, it's refreshing. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's it's just, a, it's it's encouraging to hear, you know, that there is such a focus on the patient experience.
1: Michael, yeah, I mean, you are absolutely right. Uh, in our current system, there is no one except the patient, is looking after that patient you know employers obviously do not have any capability in that space health plans you know the the patient engagement the patient experience focus has not been great historically and uh, on the providers you know it just depends upon which provider you go to but there is very limited incentive on the provider side to worry about the patients once they are outside the four walls of the hospital so we basically fill that void and we come in and the model that we have put in place, we want to make sure that our model is centered around the patient. Again, just to stress it, you know, we want to make sure that the patient is focused on the healing and not anything else. And to uh, make it even better, every patient that goes through CAREM platform, uh, we assign them a care concierge person who specializes in that type of surgery and help this patient navigate the entire episode of care. And patient can call them, interact with them at any point if they have any questions. So when we go back to these patients and ask for the feedback, they really love the simplicity, the access to a care concierge person. You know always looking out for them and uh, and is always there to answer any
0: questions that the patient might have. This is a voluntary program that employees can either participate in or not, and so you know the the financial impact of the program for the employer really depends on you know how often it's going to be used by employees. How are you marketing this to employees, communicating it to try to you know get uh, engagement participation?
1: Uh, you are exactly right. Currently, it's a voluntary program. We want to make sure that from the patient point of view, you know, there is nothing in the program today that takes any of their access away from the traditional uh, health plan network. But CAREM becomes an add-on on top of that uh, health plan network to provide additional access and additional benefits to the patient if they decide to take advantage of it. So in terms of the patient engagement, uh, we use a variety of push and pull strategies. We do a a variety of uh, things, including email campaigns, postcard campaigns to create general awareness among the patients. And on top of it, there are some proprietary levers that we are working on, including predictive analytics, our interception model, uh, get in front of the employees that are on the path to to the surgery by using this push and pull strategy, we just want to make sure that patients are already aware of the CAREM program. Uh, and second, uh, if they are on a path to the surgery, you know, we are in touch with the patient and can help them make the best decision when the, when the time comes to pick the provider for their, for their surgery.
0: I also think that, you know, word of mouth probably helps once people go, you know, through a procedure and, uh, and, you know, we obviously have experience working together on some mutual clients and, uh, just a personal story. I remember sitting in a, they have a benefits committee, this one particular employer. And I remember being in that meeting and, uh, you know, one of the, um, the people that was sitting at the table, um, her husband had actually gone through, uh, the, the Karen platform and, you know, she, she gave a glowing review of the whole process and procedure, um, and, and, you know, how great and amazing it was for her husband and almost, you know, was in tears, but, you know, that was, it's that type of word of mouth, I think that, you know, will also, you know, help spread the word.
1: You are exactly right, Michael. And, you know, stories like this are very common, uh, among the people who have gone through the Kerem platform. And that is also ultimately the final reward. That we get out uh, by serving employers and their employees to, you know, deliver an experience that makes it simple for them to to interact with the healthcare system and and heal after you know that surgical procedure is over. Word of mouth is a key factor in driving employee engagement. The patients who have gone through our platform, we typically do a comprehensive survey on them, and if they are willing, we create video testimonials uh, with each of these patients. And uh, that helps drive the word of mouth. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you are right. Um, at the end of the day, people want to hear other's personal stories uh, before they become a believer. And we are trying to achieve that through these video testimonials.
0: We've talked about, you know, how this benefits the employer, you know, how this benefits the employee. Uh, I'm sure there's people who are listening to this who we've piqued their interest. But what's the cost for an employer to sign up with Careem Health? Um, you know, there's got to be a, a cost for, you know, you and your your company to go out and, and build this marketplace and, and this service? Um, and, uh, and are there any implementation fees?
1: Kerem platform uh, is very much geared towards, you know, being paid only when we actually deliver the savings. There is absolutely no cost uh, for the employers to join Kerem's platform. Do not charge uh, any implementation fees as of now. So every time an employee uses Karam solution. Only then the employer pays the bundle price for that episode of care, which typically is 40 to 50% lower than what the employer was paying through the traditional health plan. So with every transaction on the platform, uh, we deliver savings to the employers. Uh, we have introduced a uh, subscription fee for the employers to participate on the Keram platform, which is fairly minimal and it is basically used. Any uh, revenues we get through that is to the adoption among the employees, all the efforts to employees aware uh, of the Kerem solution and engaging them in the process effort is uh, typically financed through some of the subscription revenues that we get through the employer.
0: That makes sense. So subscription model, like a PEPM and uh, you know, line share of that being used on marketing uh, the uh, the program to employees. That is exactly right. Got it. So, Sach, who is this program a good fit for, and who is it not a good fit for? Are there any uh, employer size or or uh, product or funding limitations?
1: Yeah, just in terms of uh, the the size of the employers, we normally work with employers with uh, more than three thousand lives. So they have, uh, let's say, thousand uh, to fifteen hundred employees. Uh, and that means the total coverage under the health plan is close to three thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is what you know we focus on. But you know we have clients that you know have only a thousand lives or even less, and we also have clients uh, that have uh, more than hundred thousand lives. So we you know uh, on a wide spectrum of the employers. The other thing that we emphasize on is you know where the prevalence of the surgeries that we offer on the platform is high. When we look at the employer population today, uh, most employers have average age of 40 plus uh, mm-hmm. across the employer population. And and that is just be- the type of surgeries we are offering today, such as joint replacement, cardiac procedures, etc. The prevalence is high among the older population, and that's where we are seeing a lot of interest. But also in 2017, we are working on bringing some additional bundles on the platform that are more appealing to the younger employers. So we will certainly keep you posted as we as we
0: bring those additional bundles on the platform. Well, when you say younger people, I assume you're talking about maternity. That is exactly right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and just anecdotally, I'm thinking about my kids and my uh, my firstborn, and I think I recall the build charge uh, on that Anthem EOB that we got to be forty thousand dollars for a natural. Wow, so, And I think the discount on that was like 20. So uh, I'm hoping to see bundles that are <laughs> a lot lower than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we see variation of, you know, almost three to four acts in the maternity bundles. And also, you know, from the parent's point of view, you also want to make sure that you are going to a facility that is going to pursue a more conservative option as opposed to a, you know, surgical intensive option. We want to make sure at CAREM that you know first uh, uh, we have the right metrics to evaluate the quality of different providers. Uh, for for example, for maternity, mm-hmm. uh, and then second, uh, you know, eliminate uh, the price variation that exists uh, from provider to provider, and uh, and provide enough information to the parents upfront, uh, both on the quality
0: and the cost size so that they can make a very informed decision. Great. Well, hey, Saj, I think we've covered a lot. I think it's been a great uh, discussion and, and hopefully you know, educational for uh, our, our listeners here. For those people who are interested in your product and service, how would they get in touch with you? The easiest way uh,
1: for them to get in touch with us, give us uh, a call or, uh, or email us. You could email at contact at and we monitor that email account very, very closely. Any emails received over there, we will uh, review and, and get back to those clients as soon as possible. Uh, if you want to give us a call, uh, you could reach us at 650-727-6752.
0: And I imagine that for employers who want to you know, work through their, their respective broker consultants, you know, they, can, they can reach out through that channel as well.
1: That is exactly right. So we work very closely with the brokers and benefit consulting community. Without any exceptions, we uh, we always uh, work with brokers and benefit consultants to work with the clients, both during the sales process as well as during the activation process
0: of the Gatom solution. All right, Sach, hey, this has been great. On behalf of our listeners and myself, I really want to thank you for taking time out of your, your busy schedule. And I, I do know <laughs> how busy your schedule is. Uh, I think this has been uh, been great. So thanks again.
1: Michael, thank you so much for your time. And again, I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to share the
0: Karam story over here. You bet, you bet. All right, and to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you like what you heard here, please do subscribe to the podcast and share with any of your friends and colleagues that you think would enjoy the show. And with that, we will sign off wherever you're at. We hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you liked what you heard here, please do subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And if you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to Caram Health's website and contact information. Lastly, be sure to check out some of the free resources on our website, including our Health Plan Innovator Scorecard, where you can see just how innovative your health plan is. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast.